International. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of I Learned Nothing, a philosophy podcast where I teach my comrade, Pat Dean, Hello. about philosophy. Hell yeah, and a little bit about life. A little bit about life, love, laughing, <laughs> learning. All the L's, Ben Cholock, is All what the we L's. do. The best L's. The best L's. Uh, how are you, sir? Uh, fucking smoking L's till you do me. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, doing good. How are you? How are you today? Man, we should do the philosophy of Biggie Smalls Biggie one Smalls, day. Yeah. It would just be like, I love getting my dick sucked and smoking drugs. Yeah, and that's well, about it. Yeah, cheese eggs and Welch's grapes. <laughs> mm. I love I love great jelly with my eggs. I, tastes good. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, <laughs> what a fat dude. <laughs> What a fat thing to eat. My favorite internet comment of all time uh-huh. was, there was a, a YouTube video. It was the song uh, Twins, Deep Cover 9-8. Uh, mm-hmm. It was uh, big, uh, big Pun and Fat Joe. And the first comment on YouTube, all lowercase letters, which for some reason made it even more funny, no uh-huh. punctuation. It just said, whoa, these guys are fat as shit. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's name was Fat Joe. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, what did big you think? Pun. Yeah, they were fat as fuck. Yeah, they were. They were really fat. What was especially fat that Joe video? Died of it. Right? No, no, no. Big pun died. Big pun died. Right. Fat Joe uh, is still alive, and I believe he's actually lost uh, quite a bit of weight, but he's still kind of a good. Husky good dude. for you know, good for him. Good for Fat Joe. Yeah, but what but, is he? Is he just Joe now? <laughs> he goes by Joseph. Yeah, he's, Joseph. You know, mature yeah. now, right? Husky Joseph. Husky Joseph. <laughs> he. Uh, well, no, you know, they were fat as fuck in that video. Big pun was enormous. Wait, was yeah. Fat Joe fatter? No, no. Big, no, big pun yeah. was always the fatter one. Okay. Yeah, Fat Joe was still pretty fat though. Jesus. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, well, good thing he lost that weight. Otherwise, we learned last episode those fucking that Judith philosopher yeah. would have tried to murder Fat Joe. This Judith Jarvis Thompson, this fat hating. Lady. Philosopher, yeah, fat philosopher, <laughs> just is, is <laughs> out to murder, out to murder fat people. Um, <laughs> well, uh, we had it coming. Let's be honest. Well, honestly, yeah, I think, uh, I think actually, you know what? I think it's about time for a revolution against. Uh, I think we need to organize. Yeah, know, throw off our chains. You're not and, fat, and kill these. I mean, I'm in my you're, head. I'm fat in my head. You're getting there. I'm getting, am I getting fat? No, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, Jesus. No, you're not getting fat. You've never been fat. The whole time I've fucking known you. I've known you for I was like, I was 20 kinda, years I had at this like point. Chub. I was like a little chubby in, in eighth grade. Oh, yeah, but you were in eighth grade. Who wasn't yeah, chubby true. in eighth grade? Yeah, I think a lot of people. Was <laughs> everyone was chubby in eighth grade, and everyone was a faggot in eighth grade. <laughs> That's what I remember, anyway. When I was in eighth grade, I was like, I must be a faggot. Because everyone keeps calling you that. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, it's it's... What can you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, so today, okay, so this is a podcast about, it's not just about Fat Joe and Big Pun. Mm-mm. It's mostly about philosophy. Yeah. You know, we you like have. We like to keep it focused. We like, we like to keep it focused. We like to keep it fun. Keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. Keep it funky. And a little fat sometimes. And a little fat. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you have a uh, a degree in philosophy from Princeton University, and right. I in beautiful New Jersey, beautiful New Jersey, and I do not. Uh-huh. So uh, you're gonna you're you're gonna teach me a little bit about philosophy. This is uh, the first actual philosopher, really, that we're going. Right. Deep in on. So this is the first one where... Balls deep on this. First two, we did some some problems, some I- issues, but now... Yeah. Oh, f- they were fucking problems, brother. Yeah, we're going to take on a a pretty big one here. You yeah. asked me about him, uh, so I thought I'd share my thoughts on him. Karl Marx. Karl Marx. This, this is He's a heavy hitter, this guy. Who is he? Mm-hmm. What does he believe? And can he be stopped? Um. Well... The can he be stopped thing is uh, we're still figuring that out. We don't know. Because <laughs> um, here's the deal with this. Keeps coming back up. The deal with this guy is that every, you know it's like everyone. You know how everyone on Facebook is awful. Yeah, it's like everyone's always going on and on about Marxism and Democrat socialism uh-huh. and communism, and they all have memes, and some of them are pretty funny actually. But it's I, I I've heard sure. about this fucker so many times. I've never tried to learn anything about him. What's his uh-huh. deal? What the fuck is up with this guy? People love him or they hate him. This is like I man, I don't know about it's this like podcast. It's like Billy Joel that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You right. love him or you hate him. He's a real uptown girl, you know. Um he uh <laughs> So this yeah, this podcast man, you're uh you're kind of you're coming at me with these uh with this I have no I I don't know anything about philosophy. Can you help me out? And I was like, "Sure, buddy. I can yeah. like help We're clear friends. up help clear up a couple confusions." Yeah. Uh and then you come to me and goes Karl Marx. You right. just go Karl Marx, and I go, uh huh. So what about him? And you're like, go. What is his deal? What's his? Well, what is his deal? <laughs> so who first exactly of all, was he anyway? This is so. Like I, I told you earlier, you're gonna have to stop me at an hour because okay. this guy wrote so much, it's fucking obnoxious. Really? He wrote like ways, ways, way too much. Where is he from? All right. So he's. So let's do the bio. He was born in Trier's, uh, which is a town in what was then Prussia, what's now Germany. So he's German. He's a German ass dude. Really. Yeah. What did you think he was? I thought he was Russian. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So, I got a ways to go here. Um, so, I mean, buddy, you got yeah. a way. I mean. Your, your <laughs> association ge- with Marx general. and Russia. You got a ways to go, sir. <laughs> yeah. He's, he was German. He was born in, German, in Germany. He uh, lived Deutschland. in. Deutschland. Deutschland. Yeah. He lived in. He was uh, of Jewish descent. He, he his, I think both of his parents were. This happened a lot in the 19th century in Germany where. Um, some Jews who would kind of become middle class and well to do, they would uh, they would convert to whatever the like local religion was. So I think in his case it was Lutheranism or something. Oh, okay. Um, so his like I think his dad and his mom converted to Lutheranism because it gave them better opportunities and stuff. Uh huh. So he was like huh. technically Lutheran, but he was he was Jewish. He was basically Jewish. Did they secretly practice Judaism? No. Oh, okay. Um, no. So this was so his his parents grew up during the Enlightenment and. Uh, and with Jews already, there's like this tendency towards atheism. Um, <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Well, so especially with educated Jews um, uh, back in the day, they would try to distance themselves from from their religion. Uh, first of all, because people persecuted Jews all the time. Yeah. Um, but also just because for economic reasons, like, you know, if you were Jewish, you, you wouldn't be allowed to practice certain professions and shit like that. Hmm. Um and so, for uh, a lot of Jews at the time, they were like, "Well, look to you know make better lives for a family. We can just pretend we're not Jewish." And they also just kind of didn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, because um, after like you know five thousand years of they're over it. of God fucking with you, they were sort of like, <laughs> you know what, fuck this. Let's, let's just let's just fucking move on. Yeah. Um, huh. So Marx's family 
were basically they were non-religious at at least and probably like atheist at most okay so he grew up like without really religion and he was i mean he was like a staunch atheist by the time he got into college um whoa so yeah there's that so there's, so there's the atheism yeah. part that's a big a big thing a one big strike against him i mean this guy three strikes yeah he's, he's so an he's, atheist he's, fuck you he's godless hey fuck you motherfucker god's real all right uh-huh okay. okay let's get one thing straight who are you yelling at i'm yelling at him and i'm yelling at you <laughs> why are you yelling at me i ah, just because you're in front of me yeah okay so he's a, so this so this so this fucker is an atheist. He goes to college. He goes to college. He studies. Um, what year is this? Oh, uh, he was born in eighteen nineteen, I think. Okay, so, so it's like a minute ago. Yeah, so I think oh, I think it was like in the in the mid eighteen thirties. Okay, is when he was in college. He was reading uh, a lot of uh, uh, Hegel. There's this philosopher named uh, George Will- George Wilhelm. Friedrich Hegel. Whoa. These Germans had a lot of names back then. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, he's really important, and we'll get into him a little later. Okay. Okay, but but what you got to know right now is that Marx was influenced by this guy named Hegel, who okay. was uh, called a German idealist. That was like that was the school of philosophy mm-hmm. that, uh, uh, that Hegel sort of belonged to and, and pioneered. All right. All right. So he was in college. Uh, he, he at first went to... I think the University of Berlin, and then he transferred to the University of Jena, um, where he uh, wrote a thesis. Jena, Jena, yeah, J E N A. Jena, yeah. My not, name's not Jena. Not Jena, yeah, not Jena. Um, it's, it's actually pronounced Jena, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, I need a fucking redheaded slut shot. I'm the University <laughs> of Jena. I'm at the University of Jena. Um, Do you have Jaeger? I want a redheaded slut. I'm a university. Is that how they talked back then? That's um, that's how Marx talked. Yeah, that was, <laughs> what you don't know is that the German, the German accent sounded way different back then. It sounded like that. <laughs> He's like, "We're going out. We're going out, Tiffany. <laughs> Tiffany. We're going to fucking Hamburg. Where am I? Hold my heels. <laughs> um, Jesus. Yeah. So he goes to University of Jena. Yeah, he goes to University of Jena, and um. <laughs> and uh yeah and he submits a thesis about um you know hegel's uh something about like hegel's uh account of how religion evolves or something like that uh-huh and uh he originally decided he originally tried to submit it to the university of berlin and the professors there hated it because they weren't atheists and they don't like the idea of like uh religion evolving oh okay so they were all kind of mad at him so he went to this uh to the more liberal university of jenna and uh you know, submitted it there and he got his doctorate. And they're like, oh, fuck yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, give us a thesis, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so um, he became a, a doctor, Dr. Mm-hmm. Marx. And, he, um, and then from then on, he, uh, he focused on a lot of, so in Germany at the time, there was like a, these a lot of different camps basically everyone at this at this uh point in time was obsessed with this dude hegel yeah okay i have to explain a little bit about hegel um was he alive at the time he just died in 1831 all right good so he was dead that for five years more or less when be weird if like everyone's obsessed with you and you're like alive and you're like well, this is weird yeah well it's people awkward. were getting obsessed with him while he was still alive oh shit but anyway this guy was kind of obsessed with he's the um, beatles of 
Philosophers. German philosophers. Yeah, at the time, you can, you can kind of say that. Beatlemania. Hegelmania. <laughs> was yeah. overtaking the yeah, University of Yeah, I mean, of there was. Yeah. It was Hegelmania. So it was, was Hegelmania. Yeah, there was Hegelmania. Um, All the Hegelmaniacs were running around. The Hegelmaniacs were just hegeling out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so his, his philosophy was also... Uh, so fucking god damn it! Fucking Germans love doing this. They they like making these like enormous like causing world wars. No, well that yeah. Uh, but also because so that's sort of a the cause of all these world wars that they keep starting is because they come up with these huge like all encompassing like really big systems of philosophy that are supposed to explain everything. They love uh-huh. doing that shit. Um, and Hegel did that. He had this whole like theory of history where um. Uh, it's basically like uh, the the spirit or or you know the idea with the capital I or capital S like think think the words that I'm saying but with like a capital yeah something at the at the beginning of it um, as these like idealistic concepts these these concepts that kind of exist in this sort of uh, idealist world that sort of evolve through conflict with each other. Yeah. So there's this really important idea in Hegel and Hegelian philosophy called the dialectic. And what happens is history resolves, uh, history evolves as a consequence of two opposing ideas, a thesis and an antithesis. Uh Okay. And there's a conflict between the two and a result of the conflict kind of, uh, is, is their annihilation. And then in, in in that process of annihilating each other, there's a third option that's sort of a mix of the two that results. Wow! And that's called the synthesis. Okay. Okay. And the progression of history is supposed to be this this sort of conflict that keeps happening at every level. Right. So you have thesis antithesis fighting each other. Uh, they kind of destroy each other in the process, they but at the same time th- they create yeah. a new thing called a synthesis. And then eventually that synthesis is now the new thesis. And then there's another, another antithesis emerges to oppose it. They fight new, new synthesis, and it's this progression that Dang. keeps going forever and ever. Okay, um, and uh, it's these base, and it's basically driven. The substance of these different theses mm-hmm. is just ideas, right? Okay, um, so that's important. Uh, just keep that in mind for now. I will. Okay, I promise. So yeah, so Marx was one of the several like you know budding young philosophers mm-hmm. of that time who were obsessed with hegel um now since hegel also wrote so much and had so many of these ideas uh there was enough to go around to sort of have different interpretations of them okay and so sort of in this ironic twist since he came up with this idea of the thesis and the antithesis and people and they like oppose each other mm-hmm. that whole thing um that sort of started happening with his own followers there were people who oh shit who had this one interpretation of what he was talking about people who had another interpretation of what he was talking talking about they fought all the time they would like publish all these articles where they like just uh critiqued each other critiqued not only their philo- their philosophies but also like were, were like sending out like personal attacks it got like really ugly they were really like, yeah they were just like like you know slandering each other and shit like that really it was really funny yeah um so there's these the, there are these <laughs> two camps that's so funny yeah hey your interpretation is wrong you Basically, fucking cuck yeah it's sort of like religion it's like christianity you know They're it sucks like, you know i yeah. said earlier that's a good thing that he died but it kind of is isn't a good thing that he died because right, they could have just asked him settled that shit yeah hey what do you think of this and he'd be like yeah told you so mm-hmm. right but he was dead so now they had only them to go dang go mm-hmm. 
So, uh, what happened was, so there's these two camps. There's old Hegelians and young Hegelians. <laughs> Why? Okay? Well, because the old ones were kind of saying that uh, uh, Hegel was talking about how there was this kind of perfection or, or process of purity uh-huh. um, that were that resulted in like you know um, the how society was structured based on religion and the and and the state and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's it's really hard to explain. I don't know that much about he- Hegel's philosophy, right? Um, and then the young Hegelians kind of had the same interpretation of like this perfection or unity, but instead of perfection, they were kind of considered considered it as this sort of like uh, like evil thing that was kind of being purified. So they kind of hated each other. One basically one was one was kind of like focused on religion and how religion was like the the backing was what provided the the what's it called the opiate of the masses yeah we'll get to that in a second yeah um, i know about that shit the justification of of like of the state and society was based on religion okay okay and they thought of that as a good thing and the young hegelians kind of agreed but they thought of it as a bad thing interesting okay um and basically everyone was waiting for this for this for the next like thesis antithesis battle to happen yeah. To to result in a new synthesis that would lead to the next stage in history. Wow. Okay. Um, and that's where fucking Karl Marx shows up. So Karl Marx shows up. And so, again, the importance of, of mentioning Hegel is how him and all of his followers were focused on the the process of history being driven by, by idea. Yeah. And I, idea, when I say that, again, capital I... Like, it's the substance, it's like the platonic forms. Have you ever heard of the platonic forms? Nope. Okay, we'll get into that in another episode then. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I'm going to be so smart. You're going to be real, you're going to be wicked smart. One day I'm going to be wicked smart. Yeah. You're going to be fucking talking about apples and numbers and shit. How do you like them apples? Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Drawing equations I'm Dude, I can't wait. I feel like in three episodes... I'm just going to start confronting philosophy professors at UT. You should. Like, how do you like them apples? You, I would love it if you did that. It would be, <laughs> that's going to be real funny. Man, maybe we can talk to one of those guys. We could. We, we can bring them on the show. Yeah. Maybe they can, we can have a debate. Yeah, get them fucked up. Get them f- fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Tim the cat will weird them out. It'll be yeah, great. Rub on his elbow. Tim was rubbing the shit out of his head on my elbow earlier Yeah, today. Tim, Tim really the cat is, is really ruining a lot of things. Wait, so, yeah. so, so hold on. So Should have left him in that box. So there's this big thing about <laughs> the religion being good versus religion being bad. Is what you're saying? Yeah, kind of. Okay. That's ba- so uh, don't worry about this part too much because I don't really know that much about the battle between the old Hegelians and the young Hegelians. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. But the point is to focus on the, uh, on, on Hegel's, uh, um, sort of focusing on idea, idea as like a substance or as a, a right. or, or as a concept is like, it's, it's as, as opposed to matter, as opposed okay. to materialism. It's this, it's this like, um, it's almost like God. It's like this this very abstract notion that guides all of human history. All right. Okay. So the point of bringing that up is because Marx rejected it completely. Whoa. But still used the idea of the thesis antithesis model of yeah. the dialectic. Mm-hmm. But he it's so what what people always say about Marx is that he took Hegel's dialectic and turned it on its head. And focused it not on idea, but on on materialism, on matter. Okay. On like concrete issues. 
Okay. So people would explain history by saying, oh, um, it's sort of, it's, uh, it's consciousness kind of realizing itself through these different historical processes. Uh, and Marx was like, well, well, no, fuck that. You're using all these abstract concepts that can't be proven or observed to base, uh, to, to be the fundamental bedrock of history. Yeah. Uh, and he's saying that's not true. It's not scientific. He kept using that word. He's saying it's not scientific because what he want what he wanted was an analysis of history that was based on just what you could observe about how humans interact with their world. Okay. Okay. And so he starts from there. Uh, he starts with this analysis of human nature, where he says so humanity is is one of the animals, right? that exists in the world. Yeah. But we know that humans are different somehow. How are humans different? We invented rock and roll. <laughs> Basically it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Marx was like Chuck Berry. Marx was like, there's going to be a revolution one day. Uh, it's going to be led by Chuck Berry. <laughs> and uh, he's going to put a lot of, uh, you know, cameras in women's bathrooms. And, uh, was that him? That was him. Yeah, yeah he just died. <laughs> kind of upsetting. Yeah, and so that's how um, that's how communism wins. Um, <laughs> no, so okay, he starts with uh, this analysis of human nature, where he says, "Well, what is human nature? What makes humans different from animals? Um, what makes humans different from animals essentially is nothing more than how we uh, can produce, we can manipulate and produce, manipulate our environment, and in so doing, produce." Uh, our own sustenance so like animals have to go around and hunt mm-hmm. uh they have to you know uh like feed on leaves or whatever uh humans were the first animals to make like to, to go out and like farm and yeah. like uh use tools and manipulate like physical objects to get things out of the earth and and transform them into things that they can uh, you know, either use or sell or eat or whatever. We were the first ones who can manipulate our environment in these like totally different ways using technology and tools and all that stuff. Um, and this process that by which we, you know, use our mind, our bodies, you know, our effort, our thought, all that stuff to change our environment, to manipulate physical objects basically goes kind of is, 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 uh, wrapped up in this concept of labor. All right, all right. So that's so that's what that so that do you see where I'm so, starting to so, go with this? Yeah. So labor uh-huh. is what makes us different from the animals. La- yeah. So basically, so labor is this thing is is this concept in Marx that's it's actually like way more abstract than than how we kind of use the word now. Yeah. When you use the word like labor now, it's like work. It just means work. Yeah. But think yeah, of all done. the implications of the word work. Like you work when you do anything and mm-hmm. everything, right? Yeah. Anytime you do something with a purpose, that's work. You're, you're using your labor to yeah. do something for yourself. Okay. So he says that this is basically, instead of idea, this is basically the, the, the fundamental concept of that drives history is how people use their labor. Um, and what happens is that as history progresses, labor is used in various different ways. Uh, and it's, and it kind of creates basically these difference in classes. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, so eventually he gets to this point where he says, there's this conflict going on now uh, where you have a thesis and an antithesis. Yeah. And they're in conflict with each other. The thesis and the antithesis, these two competing uh, forces in human history, which are based on how labor is utilized, are these two classes. Right. The two classes are the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. Holy shit. Okay. That's, that, but that's the stage of history that we're in now. Yeah. Or, or in Marx at the time, but we still are kind of kind of in it. And if you want to get, if you want to start asking me my fucking personal opinions, I think we're getting to a point where I'm kind of thinking he's right. Yeah, because you, you're seeing a lot of these a lot and way more now. Ever since Trump got, I mean, this is why I told you, like, you got to stop me at some point. Okay, <laughs> we're getting uh, we're getting to a point where the distinction is becoming way more stark. Yeah, you're seeing a concentration of wealth in the bourgeoisie, and you're seeing more and more desperation and uh, destitution in the side of the proletariat. Whoa. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's getting pretty fucked up. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. All right. Basically, so what he's saying the is... Pat Latrariats and the Ben Pat Latrariats, yeah. The, <laughs> the Ben Wajis. <laughs> yeah, maybe, is that the episode name? Maybe. And the Ben Wajis. And the Ben Wajis. Oh, man, on the side of the bad guys. Well, hey, man. Your name starts with a B. Sorry. Yeah. So Fuck. so what happened? Fuck, so, you planned this the whole time. So he's got this whole... God damn it, I've been had. You've been had. Ugh. You've been tatted. Right. So been you... Tatted. You know, he has this whole thing about labor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. What happens next? So I want to get into this part because this is what's really interesting about mm-hmm. it. This is what makes it uh, not just a political thing, but essentially a moral dilemma. Okay. Um because Marx was Marx had I believe the best intentions of of like trying to figure out on a philosophical level what makes for a happy life mm-hmm. what what is the best life to live how do you you know how do you how does a human being uh fulfill its its you know its best potential its best root of self development I've always okay. heard that if you want to be happy for the rest of your life Make an never ugly make, woman never your make wife. Make a pretty woman your wife. Yeah, that's yeah. what I heard. Uh huh. I, I um, forget who who what philosopher said that. I think it was uh, who was yeah who was that? Is that Nietzsche? No, that's not Nietzsche. Yeah, it's Nietzsche. Okay, yeah, it was Nietzsche. That's, that's right. If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty woman. Is that the song yeah? It's the song. <laughs> <laughs> so he's trying to make us all happy. Yeah, he's trying to figure out what 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 makes us tick. What's the yeah. best way to like lead to um, personal fulfillment? Uh, and he is basically saying that, uh, the fact that we, so this is really cool. He starts talking about, and Hegel kind of talks about this too. He says that there's this, that human beings kind of reach this, this, uh, point of personal crisis. Uh Um, we don't really kind of think of it as a crisis anymore because it happens really early on, Mm -hmm. but it's the point at which we realize that there's this distinction between our, our own subjective point of view and also realizing that there is like an objective world. And that leads us to confront the idea of an actual self and a potential self. So there's an actual self that's like, this is what I'm like now limited in certain ways, but there's a potential self, a future self or a, a different way that I could be 
and I can get there if I use my labor to develop myself. Yeah. Okay. You pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Kind of. It's weird. So that's actually interesting because you're kind of co-opting what's usually a, you know, a, a capitalist maxim. Yes. But you're you're kind of saying it that it's Marx's point of view. Well, sometimes I just say things. That's also true. I mean, I'm sure you said that without knowing what you were saying. I have Tourette's syndrome. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's just true. It's, yeah, I just do. It's actually true. It fucking sucks. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> was that Tourette's that you just no. said that? Because okay, right. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that's a really weird Tourette's thing. How funny like, would thing, that be? Yeah. <laughs> when you're like, put your ass over your bootstraps. Oh, sorry. <laughs> This is not cussing. Uh, <laughs> There's no something for hard work. Yeah. Oh, weird. Um, yeah. So actually, so Marx is kind of saying that like uh, hard work is important. Hard work is actually the thing that that really develops us the most. But the the real important thing is you have to make sure that the work you're doing is 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 developing you, is helping your self development. Okay. But he says the problem with the capitalist system is that most of the people, the majority of, of human beings, which are the proletariat, yeah. are forced in this, in this society to sell their labor to ensure their own survival. Okay. okay? Doing so, meaningless work. Basically meaningless work. Hmm. So you have, to, you have to sell your labor. You have to say, I'm going to do... So and again, labor is important. The conception of labor in this case is basically your, your time, attention, uh, you know, using your body, your muscles, energy, your mind, thought, reason, all this shit is included in the concept of labor. It's basically everything that you fucking do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, with intent. Uh, when you are wrapping all of that good shit, all of that shit that makes you human, and mm-hmm. then you have to, it, it becomes, capitalism forces you to sell it as a commodity to someone a capitalist yeah who basically employs that to you know employs your labor to to then turn over and sell something else some other right. commodity whatever it is you're working for yeah okay and he says that when um when uh a capitalist takes someone's labor right in exchange for a wage so they are they are giving them a wage but that wage is only ever enough to just to just let them survive yeah and not do anything else all right and then they're taking the labor that they got from the labor you know using that as a as this force to transform let's say a raw commodity into something new to produce something yeah all right and then uh you know sell that again for a different price mm-hmm. and now the difference in the price that he sells it Obviously, because this is how the capitalist system works, it has to be more than the cost of the labor, which is the wage that he paid the the the, the worker. Right. Okay. So there's this discrepancy, and that's called that's what Marx calls surplus value. Okay. The surplus value is basically the profit that the capitalist makes off the work of the laborer. Okay. Okay. And what he says is because the the capitalist is not doing anything. He's just taking, the, you know, he's he's buying the labor, the labor, the laborer's labor, well, for for a, a lesser price than what it's worth because he's essentially selling it for yeah. more. So he hmm. says that's exploitation. Okay, so the concept is mm-hmm. 
the mere fact that he's selling their labor for more than they're getting yeah is wrong yeah and so he's saying they're not giving them enough right so the implication is that he so marx basically believes that uh yeah that this is a moral wrong huh and it's a moral wrong not only because the capitalist is robbing the laborer of um you know of this surplus value that should belong to him or her yeah but he's also sort of enslaving the proletariat in a system where they are becoming alienated from their own labor i think the big problem i have with this marx character Mm -hmm. is that every time i hear someone say the word proletariat Mm -hmm. i roll my eyes right well because most of the people who are into this shit are some of the most strident and obnoxious people you could ever meet the ben sholocks of the world yeah sort of like me yeah um so it's got a bad rap because the people who like shout about it on the internet, first of all, don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> you don't think so? No, I don't think so at all. They're they're fourteen year old Tumblr ass teenagers. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, they're, I don't respect them whatsoever. Not even a little bit. Mm-mm. No, they don't really know what Marx was talking about. Dang. Um, yeah, I really believe that. Okay, I don't think they know anything. What do you think they're misconstruing? Uh, I think that they fucking saw a Che Guevara shirt one time and that they're fucking into it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You mean they're not postmodernists? Well, I mean, they probably are. But also, that doesn't mean anything. Or students of history that realize that Stalin completely ignored Marxism? Yeah. That's another thing. Well, so you can't hear Jay. <laughs> but Jay. So, sorry, I'm talking to someone that no, that no one who's listening to this can hear. Yeah, you have to, yeah. It's just a natural. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, it's a natural reaction to roll your eyes when you hear proletariat. It's, you guys are doing a great job. Th- thank you. Yeah, so it's, it's whenever I hear, I think maybe that's why I have some sort of dislike towards this guy already. First of all, he spells his name with a K. I mean, fucking. Well, that's a German thing. Well, grow up, That's Germans. not his fault. That's not his fault. That's well, what his dad named him. You well. Gotta, you gotta let that slide. No. Okay, but anyway, also. Fine. Yeah, well, look, if my dad, which he did, named me Patrick. Uh-huh. But he spelled it with a B. I'd say kick rocks, Dad. Kick rocks, old man. I gotta live my own life. Okay. So that's my philosophy. Yeah. Spell to- your name correctly. Correct. The way I like it. Yeah, totally, man. So, anyway. <laughs> so this guy's this whole thing is about labor and about proletariats and all mm-hmm. that good shit. Yeah. So what happens next? Um so basic oh, so what happens next is the fucking biggest thing in history. Uh, it, basically, the monkeys. He, he believes the monkeys. What? The band, <laughs> the biggest thing in history. <laughs> Did they call themselves that? No, no, they didn't. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm just a huge fan. Say, what are you talking about? The monkeys with yeah. two e's. Oh yeah, <laughs> last train to Clarksville, baby. Who? What? Nothing. Um. Okay. So. So yeah. So that's. So now we're getting into the the more exciting shit. Of, Hell yeah! Uh, revolution and organizing. Basically, what he's saying is that the two classes, the the proletariat versus the bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie of the capitalists, um, they're coming into increasingly more and more conflict. And uh, eventually, what's going to happen is that the the so again, so I, I when I was talking about this idea of alienation mm-hmm. of being alienated from your own labor. This is going to cause a, a a moral, psychological, and uh, and sociological crisis. That that personally, I believe we're starting. We're we're really starting to see right now more yeah. and more and more. 
Um, it's basically these, you know, the idea that, so, okay, so think about this. Like, you're, you know how people say, like, oh, man, I hate work. I, you know, yeah. Living for the weekend. I, I want to, you know, I don't like my job. Like, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. So, that's kind of dismissed, but I think that there's this this kind of very important kernel of truth to it, that no one likes work, no one likes jobs, because, and no one likes to think of it this way, but it is a form of slavery, it's sort so? of like you're recognizing that you're you're in this system that you can never escape where you have to spend eight hours a day, five days a week doing this thing that you don't care about for someone else. Yeah. Uh, and then you get like a stipend for it that lets you eat, uh, you know, pay rent, mm-hmm. buy shoes, watch TV, go to sleep. And then 60 years later, die. Yeah. And do nothing with your life. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Okay. That's capitalism. That's what capitalism does. Okay. Okay. It, and you love it. I don't. Oh. I mean, I don't love it. I, and I've, the, more I read, the more I read about Marx, the less I love it. Yeah. And, and the more sad I get. I just keep getting sadder <laughs> and sadder. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working all the time and yeah. it's, it's for nothing. Right. You know, you're not, I'm not doing anything for myself. No. I, you know, when I try to do stuff for myself, like, you know, I try to do stand up too, or doing this podcast, we're, you know, doing whatever creative projects we can in yeah. our off time. But how often do you get home from work and you're just too tired to do it? Yeah. Because you've spent your labor, you spent all your labor that day. Right. Focusing on something that, that it, you just don't give a shit about. Yeah. Okay. So that's, you know, wasted time, wasted labor. And, and then, you know, it's another night where you're too tired to do anything for yourself. Go to sleep and wake up and you repeat the process. So what's the solution? Revolution. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the solution. So the solution is basically all of us coming together, realizing that this is not fucking right. This is not cool. Yeah. This, and, and so here's the other thing, too, is... Uh, a lot of people kind of think that Marx was, you know, uh, casting blame and aspersions to capitalists, mm-hmm. but he wasn't exactly. He still kind of thought of them as as this exploitive class, but he also kind of, according to his whole system, they're, I wouldn't say victims, but they're just like, they're just these agents in this whole system that are also forced to do this by the system itself. The real enemy is the entire system. Okay. It's not just capitalists. Right. It's capitalism. It's the whole, it's the whole system that we've been caught in. That's the problem. And it has to be dismantled and it can only be dismantled through this collective organization that leads to violently overthrowing it. Do you think that'll ever happen? I don't know. I'm not really sure about that. I mean, do you remember like a year or two ago, we couldn't even agree on what color a dress was on the internet. Yeah. No way we're going to fucking right. come so together and, and, that's and the, overthrow that's, anything. That's the issue. So that's why Marx is so Marx is so like important in the history of philosophy because he wrote so much shit and he had so many like crazy ideas uh, that he not only influenced a lot of people to kind of agree with him, he founded his own school of philosophy. Like Marxism is this huge, yeah. huge like school of philosophy that has a lot of different interpretations. Like 
I mean, you probably noticed that there are different people who call themselves Marxists who hate each other. Yeah. There's like Marxist-Leninism. There's Stalinism. There's Trotskyism. There's Maoism. There's like all these different schools of Marxism within Marxism that, you know, differ on a lot of different points of theory mm-hmm. um, and, and differ to such an extent that they've, that in some cases they've killed each other. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> um, like, especially in the Russian revolution, all that shit. Um, so, and then there's also people who, uh, are not considered Marxists who, who criticize them from both the right and the left. So there's like capitalist criticisms of Marxism. Um, there are anarchists who don't like Marxism because of his ideas of, of collective organization. Mm-hmm. And, um, the the source of resistance coming from the state anarchists hate that because you know they're anarchists yeah they're against the idea of a state as well um so yeah there's so that's why he's so important is because he's you know you're 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 you know you have like a lot of really weird crazy wackadoo ideas when you have so many people who hate you too huh. like so like, you yeah, so nuts. like the nickelback guys yeah, the nickel Nickelback is basically like Marx. Yeah, yeah. So many people hate him, mm-hmm. but so many people love him. Right. So they're the wave of the future. Is Nickelback? Yeah. So I'd so, say they're the vanguard of the communist revolution. So he comes out with this whole cockamamie thing about labor. What happens next? Um. Well, I mean, his so his his idea was he has a really famous quote. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly right, but he says. Uh, you know, so many philosophers wish to interpret the world. Uh, the point is to change it. So he paired up with this guy named Engels, Friedrich Engels, um, who is another socialist slash communist who wrote, uh, who wrote with him. And they together co-wrote, I think they co-wrote the Communist Manifesto. I'm pretty sure. And, uh, and the Communist Manifesto is basically like the most condensed version as possible of Marx's philosophy about you know labor the proletariat class struggle um the process of history kind of leading to this one culmination is it that everyone who believes in it has to grow a beard yeah is that <laughs> yeah, in there? basically yeah 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 that as i would say like marxists have like the the best like beards like, the, be- <laughs> the beard collection the beard collection is just mwah, you know like yeah. an italian chef kissing his fingers of course good yeah um yeah, those are there. They are some woolly fuckers. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. weird, right? Uh-huh. What's um, their problem? What's their problem? Yeah, I don't know. They're just too fucking masculine, dude. Just <laughs> fucking, yeah. uh, so they write this fucking manifesto. They, they write this manifesto that basically says the proletariat the, basically the says class. fuck you, mom and dad. Kind of, yeah. But basically, it's like oh, pro- Marx. <laughs> um, he, he actually loved his parents. He was like, he was like. He, Fuck you, he really Fuck loved his dad, dad and he was like really sad when he, when his dad died. Um, ah, poor guy. Yeah. So, um, he, uh, so they wrote this manifesto and the manifesto basically says that the only way to, to change this system is, to, is for it to be violently overthrown. Whoa. Uh, and the way that it ha- it can be violently overthrown is by the proletariat achieving, uh, what's called class consciousness. The reason why th- like a real communist revolution hasn't happened yet is because mm-hmm. everyone who, uh, is in, caught in the system of capitalism, the proletariat, um, don't have haven't achieved class consciousness, which means that they don't 
most of most of the proletariat don't know that they're in this system. They think the system is normal. Yeah. They think this is what it's supposed to be. The Matrix. Kind of. It's kind of like, it's very Matrixy. yeah. Yeah. Is there Kung Fu involved with this? Um, I mean, there can be if you want. What if Karl there Marx... There wasn't Maoism. What if Karl Marx was, just became like... What if he was like a martial artist? I think that would be like... How funny I, would I think be? I would nut by how like <laughs> rad that would be. If he had like like a red gi, like a bright red gi. <laughs> Big star like, on the back. Yeah, and he does like all this like fucking Shaolin shit. And then, yeah. Whoops. And then he does... uh. You know, and then he does that thing where he, like, beckons you. Oh, come, come on, yeah. Him. God, yeah. people get so pissed when you do that to them. Oh, man, it's so rad. I love that shit. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, basically, the point is that uh, the class has to come together and realize that they're in the state of exploitation and then kung fu the shit out of the capitalists. Yeah. Um, but the the essential thing to do is to is to make them achieve class consciousness. That, we don't really know how to do that. And the the other thing is that the capitalists... Now that the, I would say capitalists have achieved self or uh, you know class consciousness, yeah, m- more than the proletariat have, and they are really, 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 really fucking good at making sure that the proletariat never realize hmm. that they should be collectivized as a class. Okay, by distracting them, and they distract them with the media, with um, you know, hey, you work hard, you can like buy those boots that you always wanted, um. They, uh, you know, by, by like what you said, like, oh, you know, you're supposed to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, like that kind of propaganda. It's propaganda, basically. That's capitalist propaganda. Yeah. Um, basically keeping, uh, you know, workers from saying, hey, you know, actually, this, this is kind of fucked up. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have to live in these conditions. Uh, capitalists are basically saying, uh, are, are, are have such a their their propaganda game is so on point that they have a lot of poor people. This is why poor people voted for Trump. Yeah, people, like you know, laborers. A lot of laborers voted for Trump because they were sold this propaganda of like of like oh you know uh you know entrepreneurship is is a is a great American value. Yeah, and, and uh, you know you have to work hard to to get get what you want and uh, kind of leading to this idea that like oh you know people who don't have health care. Uh, they deserve to not have healthcare because they're not working hard enough. Yeah. Um, Amen. That's part of a yeah. That's part of a capitalist propaganda. Yeah. Campaign. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So where do the Bolsheviks come in? Well, so the Bolsheviks are the those are that's the party of uh, self-proclaimed Marxists who took power in Russia. Yikes! Uh, in like the night in the nineteen well started in the nineteen in nineteen seventeen and then continued into like the early nineteen twenties. Um, so that's another thing about Marx that's weird. Uh, he, so he wrote a ton. This is the same thing that happened to Hegel. Remember we were talking about Hegel? Yeah. How he wrote a ton and then he died and then he had all these followers kind of fighting each other about how to interpret it. Yeah. Same exact thing happened to Marx. Hmm. So you have all these different Marxists, um, that like, uh, have different opinions about how to go about in, uh, like initiating the the communist revolution, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know um, they uh, are. So one one version of it was the Russian Revolution. You have Lenin who founded the Bolshevik Party. Um, they made state control of the proletariat uh, a priority. Mm-hmm. So basically what they said was that the way that the proletariat should be organized was through the state. 
they, the, that they should they should be kind of organized in this what are called Soviets. Soviets are is Russian. A Soviet is Russian for basically like council. I think. Yeah. I think it means council in Russian. Uh, these different Soviets would then kind of be you know like a couple. You'd have a couple Soviets in this region, and they would send representatives to a bigger Soviet for a bigger region, and then they'd all kind of go up to this one council, and it would be these council of like proletariats or whatever. Okay. But the problem was that it was easily corrupted. Um, people who didn't who didn't necessarily give a shit about like Marxist principles saw it as a easy way to gain power. They power like, grab. Yeah, power grab. They could just be, oh, I could be elected to the Soviet, and I could go up the hierarchy and just wind up as one of these like elite party party members who they claim to represent the the, the class of the proletariats, but they they're really just gangsters who like decided to whoa yeah decided <clears throat> to exploit it. Um, so that's a big criticism of Marxism is uh, that uh, you know it works in theory but not in practice. Yeah, I've always heard that. Yeah, because uh, because you know human nature is like people are just going to kind of go after themselves. So wh- what was themselves. his end goal? Well, his end goal was to have a classless society where you didn't have. Did uh, he achieve it? No, he definitely did not. Son of a bitch. No, um, I mean I don't think he. I don't think his. His, I mean, his goal was for that to happen eventually, but I don't think he expected to see it in his lifetime, um, because it's such a massive undertaking, and, um, yeah, I don't know. So that's the other thing too is that, again, since his body of work is so massive, like so his main work is Capital, mm-hmm. it's three volumes, and if you stack them up, they're probably like. Uh, I don't know. They probably like go up to here. It was like maybe two feet. Jeez. Yeah. So he wrote a ton. So he wrote so much. That's it funny. Uh, what? So it's like, oh yeah, this guy wrote all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's two feet tall, and you're like, holy shit, that's pretty big. But then if you think about it, it's like your whole life's work is two feet. Kind of sucks. How much have you written, Dick? Well, I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> when you put it down that way, it's like, eh, you know, two feet is a lot. How tall are you? Um, I'm six foot eight. No, but you're over five feet. Yeah. So, you win. Uh, but, yeah, but... I'm just saying how cool... I'm not a book. I'm Who's just saying about? that how, you know, great can you be when your fucking things, you know, that's how tall my fucking two-year-old nephew is. You have weird standards for success. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, how many feet... Should your was is a successful body of work? Would you say? Um, about a country mile. I don't know what is a country mile. How long is a country mile? Um, I would say I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never thought about it. More than two feet. So you never thought about it, but you just have no problems criticizing. <laughs> criticizing. Hey, man. All right. That's what this podcast is for? Yeah, I guess. Me- yeah, measuring page length. Yeah. So your hero, your no, page width. So your two foot hero. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's not my hero. So I just, I just agree with a lot of you. Agree with a lot stuff. of the yeah. stuff. So his big thing was 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 labor. Mm-hmm. Primarily. So, so like, what's what, how do we wrap this up? What's the end result of this guy? Um, well, first the main result is join the DSA, the Democratic Socialists of America. Now, who are these um, motherfuckers? Because everyone is obsessed with these guys. I don't get what the shit they do. That's a oof, that's gonna get into another uh, episode. We can save it for someone else, yeah. 
Yeah, basically, I'm just I'm just using the podcast as a platform right now to advocate <laughs> for the Democratic Socialists of America. Right. I'm a member. Please join. Yes, um, the party of Ben. Yeah, it's well. The the DSA is a um, what's it called? It's an organization that uh, supports the ideology of democratic socialism, which is a very mild version of Marxism. Um, it's not communist because communist advocates for the violent overthrow of the government. Yeah, the Democrat, democratic socialists basically say like we can make change by, you know, electing officials who believe in the redistribution of wealth and kind of hoping to get uh, the means of production back down to the workers away from capitalists. Hmm. Interesting. That's another thing. So we only have a few minutes left, but yeah. the means of production is another important concept for Karl Marx. For Karl Marx, because right now the capitalists control the means of production, and what that means is they are the ones who are in control mm-hmm. of. Um, of who produces what and what uh, what is produced is sold for, um, and it's because they've concentrated capital in their one class to such a small group that they can kind of call the shots. the The goal, the, the more the most immediate goal for socialism is to is for the proletariat to regain the means of production, which means that they control whatever apparatus it is that allows them to decide to produce whatever they want, sell it at whatever cost, and to redistribute the wealth produced by that production um, evenly and in a more fair way. Hmm. What do you think his reaction would be to all these different groups in his name? Um, I think he would fucking think it's awesome. Yeah? Because uh, I think he did, He definitely had an ego to him. Oh, okay. I mean, he thought he was smart as shit. He... Uh, which I think you see with a lot of geniuses. Like you see a lot of people who, people who are like that brilliant also know it. Also kind of know it. Yeah. And like, and, and like, like, like that about themselves. It must be very, it must be very yeah. odd the moment you realize how much smarter than everyone else you are. Yeah. Like it must be weird to just like wake up one day and be like, it's tight. I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You just wake up and be like, holy shit, like, everyone around me is an idiot except me. Not everyone. That's the the other thing, too, is that you can, like, kind of tell who is actually smart um, when everyone else doesn't think that they're smart. Hmm. I think, like, I think you're pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't, first of all, if you were really stupid, you wouldn't have asked me to do this podcast. (laughs) Like, because if you're really stupid. We just got hot wings together. Yeah, then you don't. The, it's not so much who's smarter or who's intelligent. It's just who doesn't care enough about about their own like intellectual development. Hmm. And if you already don't care about your own intellectual development, you're fucked. There's no, you're doomed. You're doomed. Yeah, you're you're nothing. You're nothing more than a gorilla. So, what are your closing thoughts? Final thoughts on Karl Marx? Um, I think he had. Uh, I think so. I think he revolutionized the idea of like how to think of society. Uh, most people agree on that. Yeah. Like, even if they don't agree with the end goals of, of socialism mm-hmm. uh, or Marxism, most people recognize that he that he he introduced a new perspective on how society is structured, um, and he he provided a very important step to you know shift the view from these lofty ideas of like. Uh, you know, society is based on religion or on like sovereign authority of the state or 
on uh, patriotism or you know whatever ethnicity nationalism blah 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 all these different ideologies mm-hmm. he was the first to say no ignore all of that shit the most important like point of departure to really analyze how society works comes from observing the material basis of society of like, hmm. what people do on their day-to-day lives you know people's work uh you know wh- how people buy things um the exchange of goods and commodities and like everything uh on an economic scale is the most important thing and it's the base for everything above it and everything above it that's what culture is that's what nationalism is that's what whatever it all starts with just how people interact based on the goods and services that they provide do you know that episode of seinfeld where um, Elaine's dating a communist. Yeah. What, what would you think of that one? I thought it was funny. Yeah, was I, I, I used to, <laughs> I used to have my my Facebook cover photo is a picture of Elaine when she walks through the door, and uh, and oh, the yeah. quote is underneath, and she goes, "Well, I'm dating a communist," <laughs> and she's like really pleased with herself because <laughs> it's a novelty. It's such a novelty to like date a communist. Yeah, man. Because like there's no there's no communists anymore. You you don't see those around. A card carrying member of the communist party. Well, I don't know. They just think that there's all these different things, like you're saying. Because you see these people online going on about it. Don't ignore those people. They're fucking children. I swear to God, they're literal children. They're like Hmm. fourteen, fifteen years old. Interesting. I'm telling you, they saw like a hammer and sickle flag once at a Spencer's, (laughs) and they're like, "That's pretty cool. I like red." (laughs) Like ignore them. They're stupid. They're not stupid. They're just children. They're teenagers. They'll grow up and they'll. (laughs) <laughs> Either they'll actually read Marx and, and understand it a little better, and those will be the good ones, or they'll forget that stage in their life and just become another capitalist. Maybe they'll listen to this podcast and it'll blow their fucking minds. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah, and join the DSA. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess. Uh, well, <laughs> thanks for checking out another stellar episode of I Learn Nothing. Uh, you can find me, Pat Dean, on Twitter, at Pat Dean. I guess there's stuff on there. <laughs> I guess. There's good stuff. There's some stuff. Are you still Schrodinger's Pat on there? I, as of this recording, yes. Okay. Schrodinger's Pat. Schrodinger's Pat. that first episode. Reference that to the episode. first episode. Check that one out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I am at Gristleporn. That's G-R-I-S-T-L-E-P-O-R-N. Uh, I think right now I'm Franz Kaka. <laughs> um, you change your name on there all the time. Yeah, I love changing my name there. Uh, well, I learned it from uh, from Jared, from Dirt God. Oh yeah, he was the first one who who did that all the time. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you can do that on Twitter. That's you should funny. follow him, Dirt underscore God. Yeah, just just a uh, is it Dirt underscore God? Mm-hmm. Right now is right now his name is ninety nine cent tacos all day. <laughs> so I don't even he's get got it. the best ones. Yeah, shout out just random like unsolicited <laughs> endorsement of uh, Dirt God. Go follow <laughs> Dirt God. Uh, and that's all I got to say. Um, yeah, join the DSA. Organize. Uh, don't let capitalists exploit you. Or. Let them exploit you. It's up to you. Or Pat, yeah, or let them exploit you. Pat is a, uh, you know, uh, a collaborator, a reactionary, <laughs> bourgeoisie piece of shit. And try to get more than two feet worth of work. Yeah, that too. Just keep writing, y'all. Just keep writing, guys. International.